at you live sits 25 it's playoff time alec there's so much to talk about let's get into it how are you doing bud i'm a little confused where'd you come up with 625 from it's it's 345 in the afternoon here and the I date said, is okay 416 i said sits 25 for so we're in the states hand up that's on 25 me. oh my god that's on me that's on, i was like 625 i was like what is going Listen, on here but no hey, not, hey i apologize i apologize for ruining now what is a incredible intro so hey that is on me um from the bottom of my heart i am so very sorry legal wants us to tell you that this is not in fact live well guess yeah. what fuck it, it we'll do be. it live because it's live for us dude whatever look we changed the day of the week not that you guys know but the show's a little late if you're waiting for it i'm sorry but hey we wanted well, Alex just wanted to go out, whatever. But we wanted to have more playoff games, you know, to talk about because so much happened. We wanted to get a few first round games in. The playoffs are over. We wanted to make sure we wanted to make sure that the Bulls crashed out of the play in before we recorded this conversation. So, Alec, how are you feeling? How are you? How are you? How, First, how does, I would uh, I would I got, like to. We have more important things to talk about, but I just um, we just we just got to get this out. I, I want to address something important here. You say the Bulls crash and burn out of the play on game. Um, for the past weeks, potentially even up to a month, you have been talking about how the Chicago Bills will not only choke away the playoff spot to begin with, to not even make the play-in game, but then would get their doors blown out by the Toronto Raptors where, quote, I'm just ready for Toronto to, in all caps, whoop Chicago, um, end quote. And then that was followed by you sending me a picture of you in a very cool old Toronto Raptors uh, Vince Carter jersey, which hats off to that, by the way. Thank you. Regardless, I, I don't want to hear this this smack talk about the Bulls losing to the Miami Heat because you never had them making the playoffs and then you never even had them beating Toronto. So I just I'm very content with how the season ended. Um, it was going to be a four game sweep against Milwaukee anyways. I'd rather not put myself through that and just get an early start on this offseason. So I'm feeling fantastic. I, the, the Bulls did their job and that was prove you wrong for the first game. Um, you did not say a word about the second game because I think you knew, Sue, or you knew. So I was, uh, I'm feeling very good about this. Now I can just kind of sit back, relax, enjoy some uh, playoff basketball and kind of just buckle up and uh, enjoy it. Listen, at the end of the day, as a Magic fan, I just really wanted that nice juicy pick. So, so the better that the Bulls did, like the worse it went for us. So at the end of the day, but... You're right. I did have Toronto beating the Bulls, which Toronto led that entire game. Give it up to Toronto for just completely blowing that game at the end because the Bulls just looked completely out of it. And just last minute, DeRozan and his daughter, shout out to the MVP of that match, just did what had to be done in Toronto and they got it done. But whatever. I just I would I would also like to point out because you you mentioned that juicy pick. The Chicago Bulls have a one point seven percent chance of getting the first overall pick this year. The last time the Bulls had 1.7% chance, Derrick Rose was drafted first overall. So with that being said, oh, um, you can start printing your Wembanyama jerseys for the Chicago Bulls. It's already a lock. It's confirmed. Um, Magic will not be getting that pick. You'll be getting a second round pick next year in return instead. So um, Wembanyama to the Bulls confirmed. Tweet it, book it, all that fun stuff. Bulls got the lottery pick. It's it. This is fantastic. Okay. Okay. But. Real talk, not to get too deep. We'll get we'll get into a deep, 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 <laughs> deep Bulls conversation, you know, in the offseason. But 
after you guys get Wemby, are you blowing the rest of the team up right now? Like what, what's, what's the play? What do you want to see out of this, out of the season? Cause y'all, y'all crawl, y'all crawled into the postseason. And uh, is it, is it blow it up? Or do you guys have a core? What's a, what do you want to see out of the bulls? Just I mean, out of curiosity. Like, the, the bulls have a core, but the core is not good enough to win a championship, let alone compete for a championship or forget that make it out of the Eastern conference. Like it's, it's tough because Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic are a phenomenal core three group of players to have, but neither none of those guys are the guy. Like you need someone like Jason Tatum, like Jokic, like Giannis, like Jokic, Giannis, um, and Luka Doncic. That was a lot of like similar names to go back to back for me to try and rattle it off real quick. And also notice how I remembered Luka this time. So we're making progress. We've come a long way since day one. Hey, it's postseason. But it's it's tough because like. You, you kind of put those three players in a vacuum. It's fantastic, but you kind of compare that to the rest of the league and it's just, it's simply not good enough. But on the flip side, like if you fully blow it up and you tank for a while, like it's going to be very bad. Like Zach Levine's locked up for another couple of years. DeRozan, I believe is a free agent. Vooch is a free agent. Um, and Vooch is going to get paid wherever he goes. Like he's a, he's a stretch five big man that can, he's an okay defender, but like he can space the floor and run the pick and pop. Um, that's very valuable for some teams. So I, I think he's just going to simply go to the highest bidder um, and he deserves it. He's, he played in all 48 games this year, which is phenomenal. So uh, no hard feelings on that. I don't want to see them blow it up, but at the same time, if you're just stuck in mediocrity where you're just missing the playoffs every year, you're only getting in the eight seed, like that that's worse for you in the long run. You got to right. either go all in or you have to go all out. You can't be in this in between Otherwise, that's kind of where you're just gonna be stuck forever. Right. Y'all stuck, y'all stuck in that limbo, that that middle mush of just NBA purgatory, as NBA Worldwide purgatory. Wob always says it. There you go. There it is. There you go. Your little your little bulls insight. How to get that out of the way. I knew the receipts were coming. So we just got mm-hmm. it out early, got it out of the way by the time the end of the episode, like most people would have already forgotten. But uh now that we're done with that, real quick, we do have to talk after the last episode that we recorded, Silver NBA finally announced their $100,000 playoff structure in their Silver Medium post. Did you uh, did you get a chance to, to see this at all? Do you know what they're doing with the whole credit system? I, I saw, so I saw they're doing credits. I still am trying to kind of figure it out. Um, I didn't read the whole post, but I see just kind of based on where I'm at right now in um, Champion, it says I have 100 credits. Right. Um, but to be quite honest, not entirely sure kind of, kind of where to use those, how to spend those. Um, if it's just simply kind of whoever has the most credits gets first place and you kind of go down from there, um, or if it's going to kind of turn into something like on the football side of things where, you know, you keep getting these credits for, for each week. And after you accumulate so many, you can use it on a boost. You can use it on, you know, all the different things for your club shop and on football. So, um, I've not had a chance to read the, uh, the medium post for that just yet, but I did see that the, um, credits are hopefully going to be coming in after, uh, after today with today being the last day of the um, game week sitting in at the, uh, I believe I'm two spots from dropping out. Um, so hopefully no one has a, no one has a good game today, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. I didn't, I didn't really expect to do much anyways. I don't have the best lineup. So the fact that I was even remotely close to it at one point is, is very exciting to see. Well, it's been interesting. Like as the playoffs go on, maybe it's just like the first round, these teams feeling each other out, but the scores haven't been too high. They've been low scoring, very defensive, very slow paced. You know, the, the big guys are getting double teams, you know, they're, they're getting basically trying to get, you know, get put out of the game and, and it's been working for some teams. And then uh, you have Donovan Mitchell who just goes off and then still loses. So, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting so far, but real quick, like, 
it is kind of the football side with the silver coins and, you know, you get these credits and at the end they can accumulate them. The sentiment's a little wonky. It's, it's up in the air. So basically, like, and this is off the medium post. So managers who finish at or near the top of tournament leaderboards will receive credits that could be redeemed at the end of the playoffs for dozens of silver NBA branded rewards, including headphones, premium apparel and gear, mini basketball hoops, and much more. So essentially, the higher you place, then you could go in and the reward store ain't even now. It's going to be like out likely mid-June or mid-June is what they're saying is that in mid-June, they'll have this marketplace out where then whatever credits you accumulated for placing in these tournaments, you'll be able to redeem for shirts and hoodies and hats and water bottles and headphones, which uh, doesn't sound all that cool. I don't know. Are, like, do these, do these rewards excite you? Like, they made it seem, when they announced these like rewards earlier, they made it seem like they were going to be these extravagant prizes and all these things. And sure, there's some like VIP tickets and stuff and some like gift cards for the NBA store going up to like $500, just cool, but they're mostly just in unique and super rare. Uh, you don't really get the chance to win stuff like that. Well, rare tournaments first place gets a $300 NBA store credit and 5,000 credits, which is cool. But yeah, other than that, if you're playing limited or uh common, you kind of got shafted a little bit. Cause even then just for placing between 326 and 1500, you get 100 credits. That's it. And the top tier, the max, the max prize that this like graph shows is 5,000 credits. So that means you basically nearly have to place in the top 10 to even remotely get close to be able to afford some of this top tier stuff in the reward pool. Um, it's a little, it's a little, hmm, so rare. What, do, what are you doing? How do you, looking through this, how does it make you feel? Like, do you feel satisfied? Does this make you go, hey, I want to go out and buy more cards and win these rewards and try to accumulate these credits? Does, does this, does this tickle your pickle? I think based off what they've currently released, now that I'm I'm looking at the graphic here, it has and more for some of these these kind of thresholds. So um, just looking at the stuff that they've already announced, it's not great. But on the flip side of that, at least you're getting something. Like if you squeak out a, a hundred credits one week, at least like one of the options here is a pop socket. Like, woo! I may not use it, but that's cool to kind of be <laughs> like, hey, at least I want something. So like. You know, it is you are at least getting something as opposed to just simply saying, oh, here's a so card, which would be great because you can then continue to use that um, within the game, which it sounds like you'll still win that. But on the flip side, you can now, you know, kind of get some of this merch, whether it's, you know, the water bottle, the pop socket or, um, you know, even whatever these and more things could be. I'm looking at there's the hoodie right now. So at least there's something which is which is kind of cool. Um, I'm sure that they've got a lot of stuff that they don't really want to want to fully spoil just yet. Um, or that they're still working on and obviously don't want to you don't want to promise something that you can't actually release or get it in time so um, i'm sure they kind of started it super basic to just to kind of start um then we'll eventually kind of as we get closer to to june and the end of the playoffs and people start kind of getting more credits you'll at least have a better idea to do that um but it doesn't really make me want to go out and, and buy new cards um even with even if the prizes were incredible i don't know if i'd really be um, you know, too pushed to kind of to kind of go out and do those because in the event that it doesn't work out and I don't win those rewards, now I'm kind of stuck with all these cards going into the off season that I have to sell um, as the market's either going down or I'm just sitting there kind of collecting XP, which isn't the end of the world, right. um, but it's kind of a, a high risk, high reward there. So if that's kind of the the style of play that you go after, by all means, go out and buy new cards for the just for the playoffs. But um, I personally kind of was like, hey, whatever I have in my lineup, I'm going to stick with. Um, I ended up selling a couple guys that were kind of rotational players that I was like, I know I can get um, at least close to what I paid for these guys now, right before the the playoff starts. So that way they get the additional 15% boost. Well, if you're lucky, you might get a keychain, my dog. Ooh. Ooh. It's, I, I don't know. It's just, 
they they made it seem like this extravagant thing and just like made an emphasis on the hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. And then when I'm looking at these water bottles and pop sockets and probably keychains and stuff, like yeah, I've, it feels like I'm going to feels like I'm spending the playoffs at Dave and Buster's. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm going. That's fair. Playing some arcade games, spending way more money than the tickets that I accumulate, and I'm walking out with a Dave and Buster's cup that's gonna sit in the back of my cupboard for like six months. And then when I go spring cleaning, I just throw it the fuck out. Nah, see the, the those cups that you win from those like i've shot glasses from like those like from gameworks those are my favorite to use because it's like i remember when i was like 12 or 13 and i won these and they just sit on like my drawer and now that i'm like old enough to actually drink i can like i can use these and it's fun to kind of like look back on that and laugh that like as a child you were able to get like a shot glass or like a beer glass or something <laughs> like that and like that was just acceptable um, because you would kind of spend your your tickets and tokens however you want, so it's kind of on the it's it's the same process essentially. But uh, now we're just kind of all more grown up. Well, it's it's funny that you say that. Like it just this just core memory that just came out of nowhere. I went through like a phase when I was probably like eight or nine where I like collected sh- like ashtrays. Like you would you would go on vacation. Yeah, you would go on vacation, and you know the gift shops just full of just a bunch of junk. And like they would always have like cool like ceramic ashtrays that said like Atlanta or Ohio. And you're just like whoa, and like I don't know, I just. <laughs> I would have all these ashtrays. I wouldn't even use them. It'd just be sitting there, like, like God, get a snow globe, nerd. Like, oh God, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. I haven't thought about that in years, but thanks for that. Thanks for of course. I got you. I I don't know. At the end of the day, I really just want a silver hat, just a plain black silver hat with a little used to be soccer ball logo, now kind of a star because we have multiple sports. But that's all I want, silver. If you're listening, please just send me a hat. I don't care. I don't want to. Well, I'll take the shirts and the hoodies and stuff, but just give me that. Ah, that's all i want <laughs> one day one day i'll, I'll keep working one hard day. and eventually my mom will talk to your manager or whatever dude it's cool yeah all right would you anyway. put a good word for it yeah oh thanks mom always got my back anyway going back let's get into some more basketball here the play-in games other than the bulls you had atlanta just completely just destroying the heat which i don't think anybody saw coming and then the heat obviously beating the bulls Mm-hmm. which was cool. Did any of that surprise you? Did that go the way you wanted? Is any of these teams have a chance? First of all, Oh wait, first of all, shout out, shout out to the bulls for being the first ever team tenth in 10th, the 10th seed to win a play in game. Very, yeah. very nice. Con- con- Look con- congratulations. Look, silver lining. There we go. Hang the banner. Yep. And first on the other seed to win a play in game. <laughs> I, I really hope they do actually raise a banner for that. <laughs> just, just for the love of everything. Beautiful. Just, I hope, I hope they, put on a banner and on the western conference you had the pelicans going down to the oklahoma city thunders you had the lakers in a very weird game against the timberwolves with nobody out because they lost their heads lakers advancing and then the timberwolves eventually knocking out okc so we have our first rounds of the playoffs like we said we're recording on sunday so we have a little bit of the first round playoffs coming into is there anywhere that you want to go first are there any of these games that stood out to you anything that you liked any entertaining basketball any unentertaining basketball where do you uh, where's your head at right now with the playoffs right now uh, i think just kind of a, a general shout out to oklahoma city um make, winning their first playing game beating new orleans um obviously they lost to um the timberwolves by 25 points oh, so that's, that's kind of that's kind of tough but um, on the flip side, I mean, that, that's a a very, very young team with a lot of draft capital and they have um, Chet Holmgren coming back next year. So that is a that is definitely a team to keep an eye on. Um, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Alexander. Wow, I'm struggling today. Um, Shea Gilgis, Alexander or SGA, as he will now just be referred to. So I don't keep stumbling over my words. Um, has proven that he can be the guy and he can be that main centerpiece. Josh Kitty is an animal, um, just a point guard that really does it all. He's not going to 
go out there and drop 30. He kind of defers to Shea for that, but um, he's a guy that can still put up a triple double with 15 points, 11 assists and 10 rebounds and just really contribute and fill that stat sheet. So that's going to be a team to definitely keep an eye on. So I'm, I'm glad they won their first game. Um, I, I didn't really have them going you know, much further past that, uh, but just kind of a, a quick little shout out to them for that. Um, just kind of general things. Obviously the, the Kings winning last night over golden state Ooh, is incredible. It, it a great um, game too. Holy. They were just uh, shot for game, shot. back and forth. Um, deer and Fox just absolutely taking over in the stretch. So, um, he's done that time and time again, this officer, this whole season. So now that he's doing it in the playoffs is, is incredible. Um, just an absolutely awesome and wild atmosphere in, uh, in Sacramento for their first playoff game and light the beam. 15 years, 16, 17, 17 actually 17. Yeah. I thought it was 15. Um, and yeah. they won the first one too. So you, you kind of knew they were going to come out firing. Um, who knows what happens the rest of that series. I think golden state's going to respond. Um, I think they'll, they, they may take game two. Um, obviously they do struggle on the road. Um, but that first game, obviously energy is high. You know, you got the adrenaline pumping into your first, um, time making the playoffs in 17 years, but you also get that game at home. So, you know, that crowd's going to be into it. The players are going to want to perform, um, so hopefully that that kind of stays as a good series and it wasn't just a kind of a fluke game with all the energy out there, but, um, that, that I think is going to be a lot better series than a lot of people had. I know a lot of people picked golden state to win that series, um, and make the, the six, three upset. But, uh, after last night, I don't know, it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a grind of a series and I can't wait to to watch that. That's probably the one that I've got my, uh, my eye on the most. No, yeah, I agree. It was an incredible game. And, he, and and like you said, like, even though Sacramento won this game, it came down to Curry missing a buzzer beater at the end. It's high to send it to overtime. So it's not like Golden State wasn't in this. They were going back and forth, like you said. It's one of those things where it's it's not a question of how long they'll go because this, this, this series is almost going to go six or seven games. But then you have the questions that are raised that Golden State hasn't been able to win on the road all year. And it kind of proved it. Like you give the ball to Curry, like Curry found open space. It wasn't a contested shot. Like he found it when it mattered most and he just, he just missed it. So it's, it's going to be a question of whether golden state can win those games in Sacramento. And you go and you play in that arena. It was packed. It was loud. They were buzzing. Like that's a hard place to play. But at the same time, you have the Kings who are young. There's a lot of pressure on them now. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you, you won that first game. Great. But can you continuously do this night in and night out? Like Sabonis got shut down last night. Anti anti shout out to Sabonis. I really needed him to put me in for a rare reward in a champion. He just could not do it. And yeah, they just shut him down. And he, it's just, it's going to be such a fun series. I think of all the series, because some of them are really lopsided. Like you look at Boston just completely decimated the Hawks. You know, the Nets struggled against the Sixers. It's, it's one of those things where that's, this is going to be one of the series to watch. And even that, did you, did you get a chance to watch a uh, Cleveland, the Knicks by any chance? I did not. So the, the Riverhounds actually had a home game last night, so I, I couldn't really watch any of the um, earlier games. I was kind of following along. Um, I did see Donovan Mitchell went off, which was which was very cool. Um, and I just kind of saw Twitter kind of blown up about Brunson hitting some big shots down the stretch. So um, a couple weeks ago when we did our um, our player picks, I think we both ended up having both of those guys on our list. So um, that felt pretty good. I know Brunson put up let me get the exact score here. Um, he had 37.4 so rare points. Um, at the time we recorded, his L10 was 36. I think now he's up to 38. So a um, little bit of an underperform there, but at least he's still performing close to that L10. You're not really taking a huge loss on that. Um, but it's just it's also kind of refreshing to see for Knicks fans to see that they have that guy down the stretch that they can trust with the ball in his hands. He can make plays. He can hit shots. 
Um, so kind of kind of cool to see. But that that series is going to be an absolute grind. Um, just all around back and forth. I wouldn't be surprised if that series goes seven. I think it's going to be very close. Um, even if it's only six games, I think it's still going to be every game is going to be very close. I don't think you'll get many blowouts in that. So a um, lot of lot of games in that one and the Golden State one are going to come down to the wire. But yeah, I mean, the, I think the Sixers will get by the Nets with a lot of ease. And then obviously the, the Celtics are just significantly better than the Hawks. Um, the Hawks kind of getting past the heat obviously surprised a lot of people, but especially game, in the though. way that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that they blew them out, I think is just. If, if they played that game 10 times, maybe one of those games is a blowout. The rest are all going to be fairly close. Um, and obviously that that's what happens. That's the fun of the play in is, is you have that one game or if you, if you're the nine ten seed, it's every game is a winner go home. And um, it's unfortunately for, um, I guess the heat ended up playing the bulls again and had that second chance to do it. But I mean, you look at Toronto who, who was up big, it looked like they were going to be facing the, um, the heat and just kind of fell apart down the stretch. So it's that that's what's fun about the playoffs is every single game matters, whether it's game one, whether it's game seven, whether it's the playing game, every single game is a must win. Um, obviously not necessarily like mathematically, but just kind of from a, how you're feeling confidence standpoint, um, every single game in the postseason is a must win. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's, it's been pretty interesting so far watching and sticking in these games so much where it's, you know, and even connecting it to so rare where, you have those superstars that we've been relying on all year. You had those plays where you know that those were the guys to play, but it almost seems like the teams that are winning right now are having their bench come out and completely put in that, put in that shift to not lose the game, to stay in the game and completely keep you in games. Like there's a lot of players like RJ Barrett for the Knicks out of nowhere. I didn't see him doing well while you have Quentin Grimes and quickly who just disappeared this game which is not the way that we saw it, you know, quickly Grimes, all these players were going into the playoffs on heaters. All of a sudden push comes to shove the moment to step up. They don't. And then you have people like miles Robinson and RJ Barrett stepping up Sacramento, Harrison Barnes, who kind of fell off this year. He's getting of age and all of a sudden put him in a playoff spot. And he was the guy that they turned to. It wasn't Keegan Murray. It wasn't Kevin Herter. So it's, it's going to rely on these like smaller people that we've been kind of talking about for the past couple of weeks. And I think that's been the thing that's been most interesting to me so far is how certain players are dealing with that extra added pressure where they're getting double team, triple team in big situation moments and who the ball's falling to next. Um, are there any players that have stood out to you so far that have made you really go, Oh, wow. I mean, Malik Monk scoring 32 points off the bench in 29 minutes. <clears throat> excuse me, um, 32 points in 29 minutes off the bench, um, really eating into almost all of Keegan Murray's minutes last night, which was very surprising. Um, Keegan Murray, and he started the game, but ended up only getting 16 minutes, um, only attempted five uh, field goals, whereas Malik Monk coming in off the bench with 29 minutes, um, 32 points. He had a plus minus of 10, um, which kind of on the flip side of that, Harrison Barnes with a minus 10 for his, his plus minus. So that's always something to kind of, Keep an eye on. I think Barnes is kind of more so locked into his role within the Kings just based on his age to be kind of that veteran presence. But when you're looking at some of these role guys coming off the bench and, and kind of back end starters, um, it, you, that plus minus is more often than not the biggest telltale sign of what their minutes will do. Um, if they're kind of a borderline starter and they've got a big plus minus and they're, they're minus 10, minus 11, and I mean, maybe they're dropping out. And on the flip side, if you're a bench player coming in, who's got a plus minus of plus 15 to 20. I mean, he's probably getting a bigger spike in minutes because I mean, there's something that the, the, either the coaching staff sees or just there's adjustments that can be made to get him on the floor because things are working and um, every, every bucket matters. And, you know, you can't give up long stretches where you're, you're going on, you're, you're giving up a eight Oh, 10 Oh run 
um, in the playoffs because that can end the game very quick. So um, plus minus is always kind of a, a fun stat to keep an eye on in the playoffs because it just kind of it really emphasizes kind of who's playing well and, and kind of what's working and what lineups work as well. For those who may be coming from a different sport, so aside or whatever, the people that aren't mm-hmm. too, too deep in the NBA, can you kind of explain what that plus minus is and how somebody would look at that? Like, what does that what does that mean to them? Like, someone's like, "Oh, I'm going to look at the plus minus." Like, what does it mean? How do they how do they interpret that? Yeah. So the the good news is, it plus minus is arguably the easiest uh, statistic to track in basketball. It's when you're on the floor, you get plus a point for every basket score, for every point scored, minus a point for every battler basket that you give up. So if you're on the floor for 10 minutes and the score is tied 10 to 10, your plus minus is zero. If you're up 20 to nothing, you got a plus minus of 20. So it's it's very easy to kind of keep track of in that sense. Um, so for example, Malik Monk has a plus minus of plus 10. So that means when he was on the floor, the Kings scored 10 more points than the Warriors when he was on the floor. On the flip side, a minus 10 means you gave up 10 more points than you scored um, when you're on there. So it's it's very easy to keep track. It's always in the box score for that. You don't have to worry about you know, any special advanced analytics or anything. It's just simply how many points did your team score when you were on the floor? How many points did you give up? And you just subtract the two. I love it. Yep. Look, look at you. Sign up to our Discord twenty dollars. We'll teach you all the all the stats on, uh, <laughs> e- on ESPN. So listen, listen to Alec. He's he's a numbers nerd. He likes baseball. Hell yeah! All right. Probably the most important question of this entire podcast. All right. If you were going to listen to any any portion of this podcast, it's right here, right now. Is this PJ Tucker sustainable for the rest of the playoffs? Oh, absolutely not. No shot. <laughs> no shot. Listen, I I have defended PJ Tucker and hyped him up all season. 32 so rare points is just 34. Never, sorry, 34. Never in my wildest dreams. I would have taken like 15 and been very content with that. The dude put up 34. Like you were texting me about that. And I was like, I can't like this. There's no way this is real. Like he found some random game from like January that he's sending this. There's no way he did this in a play on or playoff game. I was so excited when I got to see that he actually like put up those numbers and just absolutely balled out. But there's not even like a short answer, long answer. It's not sustainable. I think he comes back down to earth and puts up another 10, 11, 12 back to his L10. But I mean, wow, to get that one game though, it's one game's all that matters in sober basketball, which is great. It really is. Um, it really is. Obviously on the on the baseball side, it's all cumulative, but basketball takes your best score. Um, and after the 15% bonus that I had on PJ Tucker, he scored 43 points for my lineup, which is absolutely Ooh. insane. Whoo. Listen, insane. If you harp on it and if you just believe in it from day one, I'm pretty sure day one we were just cracking, just talking about PJ Tucker from day one, week in and week out, no matter what. Tried and true, PJ Tucker was always sitting at the end of your silver lineup, waiting, waiting for the day that he had his moment. All of a sudden, five steals, five steals. So just put him over. It's not like he like scored a lot. It's not like he like assisted a lot. It's not like six (laughs) points, five steals, seven rebounds, two assists. That's it. And no turnovers and a plus minus of 11. So advanced analytics right there. So, so I'm not putting PJ Tucker in my lineup for week two of the playoffs is what you're saying. I mean, you can always have him in your lineup. I wouldn't expect 34 points out of him. I'd expect closer to 10 or 11 back to his L10. But I mean, yeah, you can always throw him in. I'll always have him in my lineup. He was kind of a, a good guy that if you always need, you're just looking to get points at the back end of that lineup to maybe put in another star as opposed to two mid-range guys. Sure, he's always a solid option. He's going to get minutes in this team. Um, he's a good defender, you know, especially for his, you know, somewhat smaller size. He's a veteran in the league. So um, he's a guy you can still trust in your lineup, but I wouldn't be putting him in your lineup expecting him to 
to replicate this game and put up 36 or let alone 20 would even be a stretch. I don't know. It's looking after, after putting up a score like that and kind of like the way that Philly just really held their own in that game, like in a series like this, like, listen, Brooklyn looked okay, but they just, they're not going to be able to hang out with the Sixers. The Sixers team is too deep. You bring in the bench. It doesn't matter who you bring in. They're going to perform. They're going to shut you down. Brooklyn, just, dude, they couldn't get anything going. And they ended up just chucking a bunch of shots, turning the ball over a bunch. It's going to be one of those things where it's almost shaping out. And I didn't want it to shape out this way. Obviously, you have like Cleveland Knicks that won't necessarily be that way. You'll have the Kings and Golden State. But these matchups like Sixers and the Nets and then the Boston and Atlanta, like I think it's time to go out and get these guys. Like Marcus Smart hasn't done anything all year. Like he's kind of had like a down year. All of a sudden put up 43 so rare points, had a monster game, just did it on the defensive side, was, you know, stable on the offensive side. And he's putting up massive scores. Like at this point, like, is there room to say you want to be running almost like a heavy Boston stack and a heavy Sixers stack? Because at the end of the day, because it's cumulative, we're going to have two, three games in a game week, maybe. Look, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, sure, one guy's going to go off on a given night and vice versa and stuff like that. You don't need them all to go off on the same night. But if one guy has a big game Monday night, then on Wednesday night, you know, someone else has the chance to step up who didn't really do it on Monday, who isn't as tired, who isn't going to get as rotated on minutes. And all of a sudden you're just stacking up these massive scores is completely taking out the other team. Yeah, I think so. And, and especially, you know, when you look at Boston, a lot of people have Boston to not only make the finals, but then also win the finals. So, um, you know, you're, you're getting that long stretch of you have them available for more and more rounds and tournaments and, and things like that with uh, within your sower lineups. And yeah, kind of like you said, I mean, I mean, looking at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, a, a lot of times one of them will have a great night and the other kind of defers to them. And then the next game, it kind of flips. So um, it, with the fact that you just simply need that one good game, if you have multiple Boston Celtics in it, that's going to constantly keep rotating. Or maybe you get lucky where that one game, Tatum and Brown both drop 40 and that's just kind of where most of their points come from. So um, it, I, I think that's kind of a, a good team to target. Obviously on the flip side, the Milwaukee bucks who haven't played a game just yet. So we aren't quite sure kind of what those scores are going to be, but looking at Boston, I mean, they've been great all year that having those two stars, there's never really any question of, you know, Oh, whose night is it going to be? It's you, you just, you feel confident that both of those guys are going to produce. And even when they're, you know, when one's deferring to the other, you're still getting, you know, 20 real points out of them, a handful of rebounds and assists, and they're still putting up a solid sober score. So it's not like you're, you know, when they're deferring, they're only putting up 15 sober points and you're kind of just stuck with that. Like they're, they're still putting up a good number in the event that they don't have that breakout game. You at least feel confident that you can get a solid score and a solid base and a, you know, kind of a high floor for them too. Yeah. And even going on that, on the, on the flip side, would you, would you be going and getting some of these guys that are performing that might not make it like stay staying on this Boston Celtics. Like, dude, DeJounte Murray put up 50. Trey Young had a rough game. You know the Celtics are going to be shutting down Trey. People like Capella, Murray, they're going to be going up. They're still going to be putting up points. Someone on that team is going to have to do something, right? It's not like they're just going to give in, just, you know, turn over and just give it up. Would you be, if their prices, because a lot of people are going to run away from these guys, right? People are mm-hmm. going to go, oh, Atlanta's done. They're cooked. They're going to sell them. Their prices are going to tank. They're not going to go far. If the price is right or however you judge yourself before you buy another card, would you go out and pick up a DeJounte Murray and be like, Hey, now that people aren't going to play them because they're not going to rely on them. You can scoop in probably get it for cheap and then have a differential where he's probably going to go off. He's going to want to show out. He's not just going to let them just run him over. 
And then all of a sudden you're sitting in a pretty spot where you're like, Hey, I have this one guy at least popping off. He's I'm not going to be able to use it for a long, but right now I want to accumulate those credits so I can get a sick hoodie or I can get a sick hat and stuff like that. Would you, would you actually do it? Or a keychain if you really want. Hey, if it's a cool keychain, I'm down. I'm always, I'm always breaking those things anyway. So like, yeah, can't ever have too many. You know what I'm saying? But no, I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely a good strategy, especially if the price is there and it does give you that something that's different within a lineup, which that's what helps you win a week. Like you can have the best five players, but if one of those guys doesn't produce since like Max Strews put up 31 actual basketball points in the playing game against the Bulls, not many people had Max Strews doing that. And those that did like, that was the difference in having a, a very successful week, kind of same thing with PJ Tucker to some extent. So you kind of have to go after those guys, but as far as them, you know, not making it past this round, most likely, obviously there's still a lot of games to be played. Um, it's kind of a risk in that sense, but if you're comfortable with saying, Hey, this is a guy that I trust to help my lineup for this week, or maybe it's the next two game weeks, however long that plays over, then that's fine. And that's, that's what you can do. And I think you can, you can with confidence, go after those guys and, and trust that you'll get points. Um, I, it, I'm trying to think back, uh, Chris, you may be able to step in and help me answer this for rewards and playoffs with baseball last year, were the rewards only guys that were in the actual playoffs or were you still getting guys that were not in the playoffs mm-hmm. as well? I don't remember if it was like actually just exclusively guys in the playoffs, at least towards the beginning. I feel like it was. Um, mm-hmm. but I also feel like I, I did get like some Phillies and some guys that were like in the next round, um, after like the rounds had ended, I felt like I got some guys that I could still use in the next rounds. So I, I do think they weight it somehow. I don't know what the exact like weight is, but it's, it's something to that effect where it was like either playoff guys or guys that were still in it. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I, I thought too. Cause I remember from baseball last year, the rewards that I did get, they were at least in the playoffs at that point. I wasn't getting guys like from Oakland or teams that have been out for a while. So um, I think that's kind of one of the, maybe the benefit of going after a, a guy like DeJounte Murray on the Hawks that you don't think is going to uh, maybe not make it past the next round, but Hey, he gets you that reward where maybe now you're getting a player that is in that next round and it kind of fills the gap there. So um, I think I think it's definitely a, a solid strategy to look into, especially if not a lot of people are kind of having them in their lineup moving forward too. Yeah, I mean, because like Dejounte Murray's his price has definitely dropped in the last couple of days. He's sitting on L thirty seven, which is somewhat high, somewhat not, but he's super cheap. He's under fifteen dollars. They have at least another three games. You know, he's probably going to pop off, and people aren't really going to. And look, who's to say that Dejounte Murray isn't a good play for next year anyway? Uh, he's not one of those like lower end of the bench guys where you don't really know what their role would be next year. Like it's kind of safe to assume that, especially if those rumors that Trey's leaving and all those trade rumors, Dejounte is probably going to be the guy in Atlanta after that if they don't completely just blow it up. So not everybody, but I think there is some argument on the other side where there is some of these guys. That, yeah, it's probably not going to be for a long time, but they could really put up some points for you. You know, like you said, in that deferential where everybody's going to go after the Hardens, the Embiid's, you know, all these players that all these Celtics players. So get a little differential in there. All of a sudden you might be sitting in a prettier location. Like you said, and even bringing up those rewards in the playoffs, they have the ability to do it because during the world cup, the global cup that they did, you would win rewards that you could put into your like common lineup or whatever mm-hmm. reward structure that they did for the global cup into the next round. So they have the technology. So if they don't actually do that, it would be kind of disappointing. Cause yeah, what's the point of winning rewards that, they're basically dead to you. Right. But no, and I'm, I'm also glad that you brought up using them next year. Like DeJounte Murray is a guy that definitely can be a star next year. I mean, even this year, he 
looking at this now, average of 21 points a game, eight rebounds and nine assists. So a little bit short of a triple double for an average on the season, um, which is very impressive. And he's still putting up 30 plus minutes a game. So um, worst case scenario, you go after and get one of these guys. It doesn't work out for the playoffs this year, but then you still have them for next year in the season. They've accumulated more XP. Um, that's what makes so rare so fun is it's not just a simple one-off for the game week or one-off for the season. Like you get these guys for however long you want to have them in your gallery. Like you go after and get one. Now you can hang on to them until five years from now and just keep using them over and over and over. So even if it doesn't work out, there's really, I shouldn't say there's no downside because if you go after and spend that money and it doesn't work out this year, you're kind of just sitting on that until next year. Right. But then on the flip side of it, like if it doesn't work out, you hang on to that card all off season, you now have a ton of XP and you still have that year one edition for, for years to come. So um, the fact that we can still use these cards for, you know, the, the following season and things like that is always going to be, you know, one of the things that I think makes this platform so great. Yeah. And even, even taking that a step further, it's going on the XP and like, yeah, it kind of sounds dumb just sitting there and accumulating XP, but now is the time that we have to remember that once season two comes around and the new season cards get minted, they lose that in-season bonus of 5%. So you're getting knocked that 5%. So if you're going to buy a card, buy it now, make up that 5%. So if by now to the next season, you make, what, four extra percent on that card, even if you lose five, yeah. you're not going to be at zero. You're going to be close to 5% with the new season cards. And all of a sudden, you're sitting in a better position than you would be when you're going and chasing all these cards at the beginning of next season going, Oh crap. I need a guy for my lineup at the same time as everybody else. Cause the hype of the new season, there's all these shiny mm -hmm. new things. I'm assuming season two, they're going to ramp up the marketing like they have in everything else and all the other sports. So there is a claim to go, Hey, like some of these guys that are unattractive to the masses right now, if you want them, you think that they'll, you know, be in a prominent role next year in a good situation, then, you know, it might be good to pick them up, give you a little boost, get some credits, get some headphones, and you'll be you'll be starting off next year hot, hot fire, because that's what we like to see. Yeah, absolutely. And just, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough of how important XP can be. Um, I, I apologize for having to talk about, about baseball again, but I, I lost out on a reward by point, I think it was 0.35 points, which if that's Yikes. an extra half percentage point in training, that's the reward right there. So keeping these guys, if you're going to buy them again next year, buy them now, accumulate the XP for the off season. Cause then you're getting either four or four and a half over the entire off season. And sure. If you get the, you buy the new card on day one, you know, next year you get that 5%, you get that extra half percent, but on the flip side of it, you're also probably going to be paying more because so many more people are buying in. They want the new shiny cards. Like you can get in now for, I guess you can call it cheap because when the new season rolls around, you right. expect cards to go up. Um, I mean, DeJounte Murray's price has gone down since the season ended, which is wild to see because he's still putting up scores. Um, I mean, it was, it kind of stayed the same a little bit. And then on April 9th, it's just been declining ever since. So, I mean, you can go out and get some phenomenal deals on cards, whether they're in the playoffs or not, and then just sit on them for the off season, build up that XP, get that shiny year one card that you can keep forever that no one else can have for that specific mint and go from there. And it just, you've already hit the ground running for, uh, for next season as well. No. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And look at the end of the day, if you're, if you're seriously playing this game, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're like deep in like sober NBA right now, you're more than likely playing next year anyway. So yeah, sometimes does it suck to throw money at something and just kind of having sitting around doing nothing for a few months, but from past experience, from playing other sports and stuff like that, if you start getting these stuff now, it's only going to slowly like creep its way up 
as the mm-hmm. as the off season progresses. And look, it it, it pay it pays dividends to be proactive, to be early, to think ahead. Obviously, not everything. Again, not everything. Quality over quantity for sure. But especially right now, you're seeing these guys who are going into the postseason are making their stamp, are making a case for themselves to get that extension, to get kept, to be like, hey this guy can step into a bigger role and maybe we're looking for depth instead of replacing him. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. Like perfect example right now with a guy that I had pulled up is Nikhil Alexander Walker for the Timberwolves who he's been a bench guy. You know, he's been in and out of the rotation all of a sudden in that first playing game against the Lakers popped out of nowhere, had a really good game. And then he actually started against OKC and had another phenomenal game. He's sitting on an L L 10 of nine and he put up 22 and then 38 in the playoffs. They're turning to him. They're a dumpster fire. Rudy Gobert, freaking, oh, dude, it's just <laughs> how they even got this far. I don't, oh, dude, they're such a dumpster fire. And the, the fact that they didn't crash out, they came back in that second game and completely like made a statement. They mm-hmm. just shut down OKC. They completely ran them over. And I think they just got tired of like the world talking shit. Is it sustainable? <laughs> I don't no, know. Probably no not. Shot. What are they, dude, they're, it's yeah, no shot. They're they got Denver. They might put up some points. And who knows, dude? If they start getting bone out, Nikhil Alexander Walker is just gonna get a bunch of minutes because they just want to get him some experience. And all of a sudden, you have an L9 guy at the end of your bench who's putting up points, and all of a sudden let you squeeze in these other bigger guys, they're gonna pop off for 70, like Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, yeah. I mean, like looking at Nikhil Alexander Walker, Sawyer data has him projected for nine minutes the rest of the series and for only seven points. So who knows whether or not that's that's what's actually gonna happen or not, but I mean, that's still a guy that you can you can look out even with those two big scores. I mean, he still has a zero, a one and a negative one on the board for his L10, even going into next game week. And I believe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So those are only those, all three of those will only stay on for one more game week. But that zero is still going to stay on for another two. So that's going to help keep that L10 down. And even if he only puts up, you know, 20 points rather than 39 for an L10 a 10, that's double what he can produce. So that's that's huge to kind of find those guys um, at the back end of lineups for arguably bad teams or teams at least that won't make it super far because if they do get in a game where they're blown out and they're down big, they're going to be putting in their young guys, keep their main stars healthy. So he's just going to be absolutely eating up minutes when he can. Yeah, because you could say, especially in, in a series like this where you have to be a little bit more strategic, you have to think further ahead to games. Like there's probably going to be times where, it's very early in the series. You're getting blown out. There, there's no point. Just, you know, throw in the towel. We'll get him next time. And all of a sudden, you're running in these lower-end guys. And obviously, you don't want to rely on that. You don't want to rely on that to, like, really get far. But if they're already getting decent minutes, if a situation like that does arise, they're going to even more. And like we've said, they only need to pop off for one game. And yeah, you just need that one. And really, it doesn't even have to be a full game. It can be a quarter that they go off on, and that's all you need. Yeah, and that's all you need. PJ Tucker to put in three threes in a, a minute and a half. And all of a sudden you're sitting, you're sitting pretty in there right there. It, it's fun though. Cause that the game that he did that, he still only put up 12 total. So rare points, like, cause that was literally all he did that game. Um, but it, it, it he, he's a fun, a fun example and kind of a, a similar guy too. Um, Cause I know you were texting me about him as well. When we were talking about Patrick Beverly and, and you know, which Chicago bulls that you want to go after and, and things like that. And, Obviously, Pat Bev has been a a recurring talking point for us this this entire year. Um, Pat Bev did not did not show up in the stat sheet this playoffs. Um, he put up thirteen points in the first game and then eight in the second. Um, and I don't I don't think any of those were actually from made baskets. I think that was just rebounds. 
but but the downfall of that and this is kind of the main point that I, I originally brought up when we had that funny little clip of me absolutely shitting on Pat Bev um, is he, he makes an impact on the floor, but in so rare, he doesn't. So it, it that's something you also got to consider when you're looking at these guys. And like, especially with PJ Tucker, he's always on the floor. He makes an impact there, but he's not necessarily going to, you know, score a bunch of points or get a bunch of rebounds. I mean, three steals for him really isn't attainable for, you know, the long run, but right. as long as you're on the floor, anything can happen. And that's really all you need for, for some of these low end guys in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. And dude, I, I hate that so much. I hate the freaking eye test because same thing. I, I'm not going to lie against all advice or opinion. I definitely ran out pet bev because mm-hmm. I, I figured in in a game in a winner go home situation, I figured, OK, pet bev is probably going to step up. He's going to get minutes. They're going to throw him in like, yeah, dude, he was very impactful on the court. Like He was he was a nuisance on defense. He was in everybody's faces like he was just a merchant on the ball getting rebounds, but yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't show up on uh, the scoreboard and so rare sometimes. And uh, that is a uh, very upsetting and it's not very good. Speaking of, speaking of basketball right now, as we're recording this, we actually have the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies playing right now. Yeah. Anthony, um, Anthony Davis did get hurt, but he is, they, they said that he's available to return for game one. He's in the game right now. Yeah. yeah so the third quarter just he went off. to the locker room with a minute left in the half, didn't really move his right arm, but he's, I guess if he's back in right now, then that's, a, that's a good sign, but that's something to maybe keep an eye out for. Uh, maybe he's just kind of got the, the adrenaline running and that's why he's back out there. But um, that, that can be an, a, a tough thing for, you know, for anyone with him in that lineup and also just for the Lakers as a whole to, you know, potentially make a run. Cause obviously if you have LeBron James, you're always in a basketball game. Like he, he's just going to essentially will his team to win. He's proven it before and at least keep them in games. So um, if Anthony Davis, is, it turns into a more serious injury right now, it doesn't sound like it cause he is available to play. Um, if this does turn into something more serious, I, I think you have to go out. If you're looking at guys to target, LeBron has to be on that list because we've seen what he can do with really bad teams. I mean, the, the 2015 NBA finals where he, I mean, somehow got that series against golden state to six games, who knows what he's going to do with an even better lineup around him now. So that would definitely be a, a guy to kind of keep an eye out for if, if Anthony Davis injury does, uh, does continue. Yeah. And honestly, Memphis doesn't have size right now. Like their size is hurt. So you're talking, you keep LeBron James healthy. You keep Anthony Davis healthy. I mean, Vanderbilt's been starting and he's a bigger guy too. Like if they, if they can get it together and play really well and yeah, it's really going to come down to AD and LeBron staying healthy. Personally, I, I'm banking on LeBron right now as like one of my main MVPs, mm-hmm. just simply because like you said, he's LeBron. If anybody's going to go off in these games, if things start going south and someone needs to show up and really take control of the game, it's going to be LeBron. And even AD, I mean, they scored really well in their first play in together. They both score the same, basically. Um, it's going to be one of those things where, uh, how do you feel about this series? Do you think Memphis takes it? Do you think LA takes it? Is it just going to be down to the last game or two? How do you how do you see the series going right now? I mean, I'm I'm very torn, and I I don't want to say I'm glad that the Anthony Davis thing just came up, but that was always something that I think everyone in the back of their minds said: if Anthony Davis is healthy, this will be a much closer series than people think. Right. If he goes down, Los Angeles is in trouble. So this is kind of a a prime example. Um, obviously, he's still in the game right now, which is great. I mean, you never want to root for an injury or anything, but um, with him being him still being in there, I mean, I. I think the Lakers have a legitimate shot at making it past Memphis. I've never been a huge Memphis believer, but I mean, John Moran can also put up 40 on any given night. Jaron Jackson's a, an absolute stud down low too. So I think it'll be a good series. I think it could potentially go six, maybe even seven games as well. Um, and who knows if, if AD stays healthy, 
Um, you know, if if Jared Vanderbilt keeps it up and and obviously LeBron's going to do his thing regardless of what else happens. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers, the Lakers do end up uh, kind of pulling out the upset there. I just I just want Austin Reeves to go off. That's all I want. I just want Austin <laughs> Reeves to just come out. I want Austin Reeves to be the reason why the Lakers completely just destroyed the Memphis. That would, that would that's a storyline that I need for just my soul. He's been hot recently, so it's it's not too far out of the question. Yeah, he's starting like I'm looking at the sober scores right now. Like, dude, they're the Lakers are kind of shutting Morant right now. He has ten point he has ten points in the first half, which is uh if the Lakers can not shut great. Jaw down, it's not great. And then I mean, obviously Jaron Jackson's going off, Desmond Bain. There's it's gonna be really interesting to see who pops off in this game and who actually gets those minutes going forward. I I think Memphis and Lakers are gonna go probably seven. Like it's it's one of those things they'll go back and forth. They have enough star power. If you you get if you get Morant going and you just you just really like flip that switch in him, like yeah, the Lakers are gonna have trouble stopping him completely. But yeah, and I think a, a big thing in this series too is Jaron Jackson has has always kind of struggled with getting into foul trouble too early. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what got um, Minnesota in trouble in that playing game against Minnesota or against uh, Los Angeles. I should say is. Um, Carl Anthony Towns was in foul trouble. That's when the Lakers went on their big run. So Jaron Jackson today, as of with nine minutes and six seconds left in the third quarter, only has one foul. So he's he's expected to get a ton of minutes here down the stretch here as long as he can um, kind of keep it there. But if if he gets in foul trouble early, I mean, they Memphis really doesn't have another big that they can throw out there to to kind of bully around down low or even even defend Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So that's going to be that's going to be something that's very interesting to see. And that's what sucks too. Like even like going on guys that you kind of want, like Jaron Jackson, he's going to be very, very important in this series, but it's just, he's too expensive. He's 0.02. He has an L 43. He can kind of hit that sometimes, but it, like, even if he does, it, it's not too much over it. He's too expensive. And like, you want to play him because he's so important. Right. But it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to count on him because there is the foul trouble. It's if he doesn't get going, then he's not going to get those extra points. He's not going to get those boards. And He's just he's too expensive. Like you can get other guys that can put up the same scores, if not more, a little bit more upside that are way cheaper in cap space. And all of a sudden, your overall squad at that point is 10 times better to get those accumulation points. Because right now, at this point, it's just getting points to get credits right now. It doesn't matter the odds of getting top 10, not highly. You just want to get as high as possible and doing that. Like making my lineups for the first week, I really considered throwing out that Alonis Williams negative three. And my <laughs> and my contender and squeezing in a little bit more, but even with that, I just I couldn't I couldn't get the right combination of guys that had the upside to make it worth it. So I was like, ah, I was like, ah, last minute I changed it. I didn't do it, and I went with guys that were just going to get points, just increase those points in hopes that I just get a little bit higher up the leaderboard. But uh, yeah, better watch out because I do have the Alonis in there, and if 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 I can, ooh Thunder, if I if 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 the cards if the cards are right, boy, I'm going in with that negative three and contender. Yeah. That I'm, that first time you sent me the the lineup with a negative three in there, and you're like, I don't even know if this is gonna work as minus three or if this is just gonna be a zero. And like the hearing the excitement, because I think that was the day I called you to talk through your lineup, like hearing the excitement in your voice that the minus three actually worked was just incredible. I actually I ran it out a few times. I didn't rely on it too much, like just for fun. 
like just when like no matter what I did, my contender lineup just looked like crap. And I was like, whatever, more throwing the negative three. I did end up getting a tier two out of it though. I did end up winning a tier two with the negative three Alondis. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Pat to the back. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah, who would have thought? But hey, it's possible. And hey, I'm not gonna lie and say that I don't try to squeeze them in every game week. But doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But uh, we're we're gonna keep looking. Just Donovan Mitchell only. And Alondis Williams, that's all I need. Just give me a Donovan Mitchell. That's all you need. In Donovan Mitchell, we trust. Go cards. And, I mean, he's he was one of our picks early on when we did our, our player pick. So, to see him um, not only have a good game, but just, I mean, he had, what, 60-something so rare points? 70? I think he being 70. 70, yeah. So, I mean, which he's done multiple times before. So, um, he he's always a guy that you can you can expect that out of him. And, you no. Know, Hopefully in game two, for from a sower perspective, he doesn't really do that. Maybe he drops it down. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that L ten. But yeah, that's if he if he keeps popping off, that that series is going to be very interesting. I'm going to be so upset if Cleveland doesn't win that series because Donovan Mitchell has probably been one of the best cards that I picked up for the for the postseason, and I'm so happy with it. So I just want to use it the entire time. So don't don't let me down, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, his price, yeah, I've almost doubled my price since I bought him. So, but see, if you listen to the show, you would have gotten all the deals and got in early before everybody else. Because another thing that's actually really cool is the market's actually kind of moving. For these, like, lower L10 guys, these, like, smaller bench guys that are popping off, if you look at their price charts, there's there's some spikes there. I was, I was, actually, I was actually shocked by that. I don't know why in my head. I figured it wasn't going to be too crazy. I figured, like, there was a few people paying attention to the market and stuff, and there was going to be some people scooping some stuff up. But no, yeah. During the games, if a guy really goes off, some of the prices are actually like spiking a little bit. And I was like, oh, look, the market's alive. <laughs> you, lo- you love to see it. It's not dead, folks. It's almost the end of the season, but it is not dead. The silver NBA markets are alive and not well, but they are alive. And that's what matters. That's all you can ask for. Even PJ Tucker's price went up. His price doubled. Granted, it went from like 0.001 change to like 0.002, or I think it was 0.002 to 0.04. Um, so still not a lot, but it, it, a double is a double. So hey, people are people are buying cards, and that's really that's all you can ask for. That's a hundred percent return right there. Like I don't know what else you're asking for. My bank only gives me like point oh two. So like whatever it is, like, <laughs> like can you really complain right now, dude? PJ 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 Tucker is him. Also, I don't know if you could uh, hear the thunder in my mic, but uh, welcome to Florida, baby, where we are underwater again. Yikes! And it's only spring. Yeah, if uh, we get hit with more hurricanes, I'm about to get my floaty and uh, float my way to Pittsburgh up with you guys. Because uh, ooh, float <laughs> up the river. Maybe you'll just go straight to Philly next time instead of uh, stopping in Pittsburgh. That would have uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, whatever, dude. Y'all, y'all will hang out with me eventually. We sure Look. will. Yes, there's still there's still a lot of playoffs to be had. There's a lot of games today. We wanted to push the recording back a little bit, get a couple of these play in playoff games, so we could talk about them, have some NBA content throw out some player picks for y'all just get some conversation buzzing if you're watching the playoffs hit us up let's talk about it let's show us your lineups that are better than ours because it's a bonus don't let me down again ever again i am mad at you never never is there anything else you want to hit alec anything else about the playoffs that has you thinking stuff that you want to talk about or are we uh good to go here until next week, let's uh, let's just enjoy some playoff basketball. The first rounds are officially under de- or underway. Excuse me. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's just have fun, buckle up, and uh, we'll see y'all next uh, next Friday. In PJ Tucker, we trust. In PJ Tucker, we trust. Whoosh. <laughs>